This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. ArtCloud's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide. ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so why not? Sign up now on ArtCloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Adam Popescu, a writer at the New York Times. Adam covered Damien Hirst's brand new show at Gojin Gallery in Los Angeles, featuring his new Pierre Bonnard-inspired abstract pointillism-style paintings. Adam also had a chance to interview Hearst about the show, and he's kind enough to join us to chat a bit about the show. Adam, thanks for speaking with us. Thank you for having me. So for those of us who didn't attend the opening and haven't seen the show, what was the scene like that night at the opening, and how much clout does Damien Hearst still have in the art world? Well, I think you definitely got a lot of clout. Um, I'll tell you this. The reason I didn't go to the opening is because I didn't want to get stuck in a wall-to-wall mess of people. Uh, there's, you know, he's, he knows how to play the game so well. And by that, it means pushing buttons and being provocative. And it, it's, it's really hard to do that once you've made such a reputation for being outspoken and being so wild and controversial in your behavior and your work itself. So, you know, he's, he's, still know how to do that. But I think at this point in his early fifties, I think he's in a different gear where he doesn't have to be as crazy. You know, he doesn't have to be as in your face in terms of certain uh, behavior. Um, but yet still has his very tongue in cheek with the way he, he plays with uh, the notion of truth and the notion of, you know, celebrity and what is art, which are all such nebulous things that, everyone wants to make a, uh, a definition for, but it's different for everybody. Yeah, and Hearst stated that the paintings were made by himself, and this is would be a departure from most of his well-known series of paintings, which the paintings were predominantly made by assistants at his large studio. Right. Given the volume of paintings produced by the studio, I think that rubs some collectors and maybe the art market the wrong way. But how important was it to Hearst that he actually painted the works in this show himself? Um, and is this something that you think is important to collectors as well? I think it's a good question. Um, I asked him that question, and the answer he gave me might not be the most, uh, might not say everything. There's a lot that's in between the lines. And by that, uh, I mean that there has been quite a bit made of the fact that this was done by his hand, and it's been many years since he's been the sole you know, been the only one to do it. He's had an army of assistants. And there, I believe that, that, that um, for him, he's using that in a, in a way of saying that he's got the ability. 
Now, when I posed that question to him, he said that this is just the same as anything else. You have an idea, you execute it, whether it's being done just by yourself or being done by help, it shouldn't matter. Um, and in a way, that's true, because so many artists throughout history have had uh, assistance. But in terms of whether or not that has changed his market value, I think um, I think yes and no. I think following such crazy success and, and again, skunks with the Sotheby's auction where he made, I believe, over $200 million in two days. There's folks who say that this has uh, flooded the market with his work and its value has gone down. And I know that for this stuff, uh, according to the uh, founder of Larry Gagosian, that um, he, said, he thinks that they actually underpriced the work. I believe um, $1.7 million was the highest value for, um, for his, for, there was a series of 24, supposedly all 24 are sold, or all 24 are, are sold, and the highest um, price for, for pieces of 1.7 million. And Larry was saying that um, perhaps we undersold it. And there is a big, you know, if, if you, I think it's just like any other mass product. And that, in a way, that's a, uh, that's a, 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 a nod to his success. He's been able to commoditize his work on such a large scale. And now when he's pulling back to, let's say, you know, like the private collection in terms of like a fashion label that's now, you know, it was fast fashion for a moment and now it's pulling back to the purple label like Ralph Lauren. This is a example that may or may not work. Well, now are, are people going to pay the crazy prices? Are they going to pay that insane price? Maybe not. Or maybe they, maybe they will. Maybe they miscalculated. And when I posed this to a couple of different collectors, folks said to me, you know, Damien Hurst is always going to have a, a market. You always know, have collectors. Folks who love to, to uh, throw salt in his eye. I mean, we, we love to, to take down celebrities. We love to take down famous people. That's unfortunately what uh, most people love to, to see that. And I think uh, you become a victim of your own success. So, in short, uh, you know, I think that in this case, he's, uh, again, doing what he wants to do, and he's doing it in a way that uh, still is proving a lot of doubters wrong because um, the show was a success and people did care. A big part of successfully selling contemporary art is that a series of work has a message and the artist is making some kind of statement in their series of work. But from your article, it sounded like when you spoke to Hearst about that, is it that this work doesn't have a message or he doesn't know what it is or it's still being defined? What was his response when you talked to him about that? I think that a lot of artists either go in one or two directions. They have to have an artist statement and they're very, um, they try very hard to to make it about something that may or may not connect to, to what you see as the viewer with the work. And I think um, Damien, in, in this stuff especially, I think he's he's I think he's been very playful and I think it's it's uh I mean we all put a, a mean to something already and we're very quick to want to say this is what this means and I think uh, he's probably getting a kick out of the fact that whatever it means to him he's really not sharing it. In Hearst's last series, his Venice Stolen Treasure series was very polarizing. 
What's your sense as to how these new paintings are being received by those in the art world? Do you feel like it's polarizing as well, or is generally going one of two ways? Well, I think it's it's obviously a much smaller scale. It's much less ambitious. And I think that once you have something on the level, you have the Sotheby's event, you have Venice, 10 years in the making, you expect to see a spectacle. You expect to see something to blow your mind. And this is, in a way, a step back. It's not trying to do that. And I think that that's a sign of maturity, in a sense, where he's feeling his mortality, which has been a, a real theme for him has been death. When you look at the sheep, we look at the, the, the shark in formaldehyde, it, it's, these, are, these are plays on, on death to me. You know, even that um, cabinet of curiosities he has, I believe it was from his grandmother originally. It's his grandmother's um, um, medicine cabinet or, or drugs that she had when she died. So I think at this point in his life, in his early 50s, he's got three kids. I think he's starting to feel father time a little bit. And I think that he's being very careful what he does in terms of his next steps. So another 10 year or another huge undertaking in Venice or something where he can go in the studio, be the only one in the room. Maybe in a way that was more cathartic for him. Maybe that was a little more fulfilling and certainly more hands-on. And so, you know, I think that that in terms of an artist's development or arc, that sounds appropriate. And finally, so you spoke with Hearst you spoke with uh, Larry Goshen and some collectors. Would you say the show was a success? And also, do you expect Hearst to make more of these style works in the future? I think uh, the fact that he sold all of the, these, the series um, certainly a success in that respect. But certainly, uh, you know, if he if 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 um, if they didn't sell, I don't think he would do it again. I think the fact that it sold is a big indicator. Because the money is important in terms of where you go next. But from having conversations with him, first of all, he's, you know, a lot of celebrities are hard to talk to. And I'll put him in the celebrity category, certainly in the art world, on a, on a very short list. But a lot of celebrities have a lot of handlers and a lot of uh, rules and a lot of pretense. And unless you're a celebrity, it's not always a very good experience. It's sort of challenging as a journalist because you're almost playing like a chess game. But it, it was uh, it was refreshingly normal talking to him, and that wasn't what the reputation um, suggested. So someone like him, you know, this this what a success. I think for someone like him at this point in his career is. Uh, you know, you can't please everybody, and there's always going to be critics. But I think he has to feel like he did something relevant and did something that, that matters. And listen, like, this is never going to top taking treasures or cutting a shark in half. But once you've done that, you don't have to do that again. So I'm sure he's going to be doing something that's surprising coming up in the near future. But he also, if you think about it from the business side, he also just made, what, 24, 25, 30 million and divided by two because Gagosian takes 50%. I 
that's a, that's a pretty good it's a pretty good amount for one year's of work one year of work and uh he's gonna go back to the laboratory and cook up some more concoctions and and surprise us again so it, it was it's, it's interesting to see a master and someone who is polarizing because of course he is but it's interesting to see him up close and you see you know he he wasn't uh he wasn't the bad guy that I expected him might might be he wasn't that putting on a show. I, I saw a guy who's been through a lot of battles and he's come out knowing who he is. Adam, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your insights and thoughts on the show, as well as sharing with us uh, what some of the conversations were like that you had with Hearst. Um, and if our listeners haven't already checked out your article uh, containing that interview, as well as details of the show, they definitely should in the New York Times. And you're also on Twitter, often tweeting about different articles that you've written. If our listeners want to follow you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle? It's Adam Popescu. Perfect. Adam, thanks so much yeah. again. We really appreciate it. Adam, thank you. Thanks to ArtCloud for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Did you know that ArtCloud is trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide? ArtCloud's all-in-one management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste. You could share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and you can use their app to visualize artwork in your own space. That's pretty cool. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So, are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on artcloud.com, but make sure you spell it right. That's A-R-T-C-L-D.com.